You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fence Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and you can check us out on FinFanatic.com, and we're the official Dolphins podcast here of the Fansided Network as well. We are in day three of free agency, uh, the free agency tampering period. First day of actual free agency. Um, The Dolphins came away with some more free agents today. Um, Cornerback Justin Coleman. Um, defensive tackle Adam Butler and wide receiver street free agent Robert Foster. So, you know, Paul, usually uh, I started off here. I'm going to go ahead and just kick it to you first. I'm going to attend to some business here. Um, so what do you think about what happened today? Honestly, I'm okay. It's I, I sat back this, this morning and, and really, you know, thought about everything going on and as I thought about it I tried to separate what we've got on the roster into needs and into wants and I really came away when I sat back and looked at it objectively took the passion out of it good good man good man I took the passion out of it and looked at it objectively and we really came into free agency with one actual need. Don't get me wrong. There, there are plenty of areas we can upgrade, but one actual need, and that's at center. Uh, and it's a need that's still unfilled at the moment. Maybe they're looking at the draft where there's a lot of centers this year that I like. Um, but I, I wouldn't want to depend on that because at that point you're going to need to overdraft a, a center and, and to make sure you get one. Uh, because it's very easy to miss out. I know, you know, Quinn Miners, Creed Humphrey, who just tested better than any center in NFL history, apparently. Um, you know, Josh Meyer, help Landon Dickerson, if if it comes down to it, even though I don't love the fact that, you know, he's got the, the bad leg issues. But, you know, I, I if they go Kyle Pitts, I like the signing of Robert Foster a little bit more. Uh, he's he's a low risk, high reward type player. That he had a great rookie year, uh, and then he didn't have enough opportunity his second year and got pushed out by Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, you name it. Went to Washington Football Team, uh, joined mid season, 
And he was a guy that his rookie year averaged over 20 yards per, per reception. Quarterback passer rating to his area was 127, I believe, or more. Um, had I think he had no drops that year um, and, and really just you know showed a lot of promise. And one of the things I like most about the guy is he breaks off routes well and makes defenders look stupid when he does. Um, I know he hasn't been able to put it together the last two seasons, but if you can get him in those one-on-one matchups against the number two corner for most teams, that could be something exciting. And it sounds like the Dolphins are counting on, um, you know, Alan Hearns, um, which I don't love, um, you know, and, and those guys to come back and, and and really compete for those last three or four roster spots. Um, so Robert Foster was a street free agent signed. Ran a four four coming out of Alabama. Yeah, had a good yards per carry or yards per catch as a rookie. Had over twenty yards. Wonderful. And yeah, for minimum salary, that's fine. It's a good uh, good flyer. Um, and I actually like the Justin Coleman sign. Yeah, he's a player that I mentioned actually before um, when we were talking about cuts because this is a player that uh, I thought was really underrated with the Seahawks. He bounced back and forth between the Patriots and Seahawks for a while. Um, the Lions just uh, two years ago gave him a four-year, $36 million contract. And in his first year with the Lions, he had more snaps than anybody on defense. He, he was okay, but everybody on the Lions defense has been terrible the last two years. And now last year he was out for the year with a hamstring injury. I like this signing because I think he could be the Dolphins' third cornerback, unseat Nick, Nick Needham, and it's not a backup role. He plays well. Uh I, I think he he not only plays well, but he might play 60 to 65% of defensive snaps because that Dolphins are going to use a lot of defensive backs. They also signed Adam Butler. And the signing is, I it, may, eh, and it, it makes sense in one way, is that we talk, I'll tell you what, I would take him over Davin Gotcha because Davin Gotcha is just like the other defensive tackles on the roster. Very good stuff in the run, um, but doesn't bring a lot of pass rush. Adam Butler does. He led the the Patriots in sacks here in 2019. He has what 16 over the last three years. That's fine. Two years, nine million. Okay. So that's the good part. I, I didn't have a huge problem with who they signed it. Hey, Dolphins fans! Support for on the fin side is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We've got an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower clean and easy. I now feel confident shaving my boys. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Kat and I already have our Perfect Package 3.0 on the way. What are you waiting for? Your balls will thank you. Make sure you get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. My issue is I look at the free agent board 
and I see just Curtis Samuel, our dream free agent in this type of market with our needs, three years, 34 million goes, goes to Washington. And I look at what we've, what the Dolphins have spent here, uh, what, somewhere around 15 to 17 million for what, five backups and a nickel starter? I, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, people could talk about character and quality depth and all this nonsense. How about get good players? They will. They really when? will. When? When are they going to get good players? I think they're going to hit up the draft pretty hard. Um, I think they're going to they're, – they're staring at a couple of these teams that are still over the cap that need to cut some guys loose. Um, they are – waiting to get what they want at their price and i like that approach i don't want to see miami in cap hell i don't i don't want to have to sit there and go oh crap who are my favorite guys are they going to get rid of i hope that they use some of this cap space they've got if they're not going to spend it willy-nilly to extend jerome baker to extend mike gasicki to ex- you know extend those core guys that that have value for this team it's i i really hope that Miami is going to keep frugal. Yeah, I I don't think they're being frugal is my is my thing. Um, it, you know, if, if they had sat out a free agency or largely done so, then I, I would feel a little bit differently. But I'm trying to wonder kind of what the plan is here um, as far as as far as what's going on because now my fear is that we're setting the Dolphins are setting themselves up in a position where they have gaping holes heading into the draft. At center, running back, wide receiver, excuse me, and edge, uh, and defensive end. And, and a lot of those are premier positions. And, yeah, they could possibly fill those needs in the draft. But now you're depending on rookies at all of those spots. That's my concern with that. Um, but I will say, I'll tell you a way that it could go well here. Because now that teams are spending a lot of money out there, you know, the Redskins or Washington just spent – you know, twelve mil, million a year on on Curtis Samuel. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick for what ten, eleven million a year. Um, so that's starting to dwindle down a little bit. Maybe the Dolphins can come at the back end and, and clean up some of these players here um, on the back end of free agency. Maybe a Will Fuller, and I'll say it. Maybe even a Jadavian Clowney if that price tag starts to drop. I, I'm I'm good on Clowney. Uh, but again, I, I'd be fine with Will Fuller. Will Fuller, I think he would thrive uh, in in this offense, and you know, come in and, and, and he'd push a few more guys down that depth chart. It's I, I I'm in a different camp than you on the gaping holes, other than center. I do like Michael Dieter. Uh, I don't think he's ready to be the starter yet, and even if he is, you still need some depth there. But I think if all Miami goes after is depth, they'll be okay. Um, they won't be in a bad place. They're, they're still not really missing much from their te- their their ten and six season last year. Um, it, it's and I think getting Beagle back helps you on the edge, but you do need a little bit more depth along the edge there, which you can address in the draft. Um, yes, would I like to see them? You know, get a stud wide receiver. Absolutely. Uh, would I like to see them go after a Kyle Pitts or get a Micah Parsons? Absolutely. Um, do I think there's ways that they can improve it? Yes, I do. I, I actually think they're better on defense because of the Bernardrick McKinney move, even though, yeah, Vince Beagle and Shaq Lawson, Shaq Lawson probably defends the run a little bit better, but I think Vince Beagle actually has the ability to get after the passer a little bit better. 
Uh, so there are some options there. And I like Andrew Van Ginkle over Kyle Van Noy, at least on the field. So I, I don't hate where we're at other than at center. Yeah, I'm, I don't hate where the Dolphins are at because uh, there's no possible way I could. Ten and six, one of the youngest rosters in the league, still a lot of draft picks, so a lot of free agents out there. I'm just underwhelmed where they are at this point. I mean, I yeah, I mean, that, that that's kind of where I'm at. And it, it's a shame because I don't necessarily hate a lot of the players they've signed. I just don't like the strategy overall. Um, I, I think you should take free agency to cut down on needs and then draft the best players available in the draft. And it looks like right now the Dolphins are taking the opposite approach to that. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. But, I mean, you look at two years ago. Brian Flores won with a no-name roster for the most part. Um, He won with, with what we referred to as a glorified CFL or XFL roster. You look at last year with a team that you know, not a lot of people thought could get to double-digit wins. Uh, a lot of people's optimistic perspective was 8-8. Eight and eight, And he took them 10-6 and six and had them really in a position that in other divisions uh, or other conferences, he would have been in the, he would have taken them to the playoffs. Um, you know, you, you look at the, the fact that they are not any worse right now than they were at the end of the season. And in some ways they've upgraded other than at center. They're they're sitting there with that, that one huge gaping hole and everything else is either depth or luxury or an upgrade, but potentially. But they're not worse for wear right now in any way, shape, or form. They're not uh, Yeah, I don't think they're worse. Uh, I just expected them to be a little bit better at this point, and I can't say really that they are. Um, but the difference today is that I do feel like they, they, dra- they signed two players One of which is the nickelback who's going to play over 60% of snaps if he wins that job. And Adam Butler, who, unlike the rest of the defensive tackles on the roster, can actually create a pass rush from the inside. And I think I think that is important because I think what you're going to probably start to see here in into the season, depending on who they who else they add to this mix, is a three-man really a three-man front a lot of times with Zach Sealer, Raquan Davis. Christian Wilkins, and then also Emmanuel Agba for, for a four-man front when that opportunity presents itself. So uh, I, I think that's a stout unit. I think that can replace what Shaq Lawson did. So, yeah, t- two two pieces here were added to the defense. And one thing that's important on, on the defense is Brian Flores does earn the benefit of the doubt. I mean, the Dolphins heading into the final week of the season were threatening the league record by going from the most points allowed in 2019 to the fewest points allowed heading into week 17. Obviously they got steamrolled by the bills, but at least it was on the table. So yes, Flores and Boyer get the benefit of the doubt on defense. My concern is those assets may not be able to be allocated money-wise to the offense as we sit here today. It's possible. Um, one of the things that, that I actually grew to like overnight since since yesterday, uh, I want to go back to the, the Malcolm Brown signing. Uh, I think it's a low-risk, high-reward signing. I mean, he, he's a guy that does have a nose for the end zone, can run between the tackles, be that goal line back, and be everything that they wished Jordan Howard would be last year. 
and, and I like the fact that they've got somebody that when you need two yards can smash it between the tackles. Uh, I really do. And especially given the fact that you've got a couple of tree trunks already when you get down in the red zone. And if you've got a back, and, and really with Seathan Carter in there, who can, who can possibly lead the way for a guy that can smash it up in there, you can threaten with the run now in, in the red zone. Um, you know, Savon Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, I like them a lot. There's a lot of special things they can do. Patrick Laird actually showed a little bit of chemistry with Tua. Uh, but not one of those guys is a guy you're like, all right, get in there. Smash it between the tackles there. Unless Kinley murders somebody on the play, he's probably not going to be able to, to push a pile. Whereas Malcolm Brown could. And when I saw the contract terms, it wasn't nearly as bad as we thought it might be at first. Yeah, I will say that. Uh, I It was, what, one year, 1.75, fully guaranteed. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought it would probably be about three, three and a half, given that they signed him this early in free agency. So I, I don't have as big of a problem as I did yesterday with it, but I, I just don't think he's a very good player. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but he's been in the league for six years. Had his best season last year where he had over 400 rushing yards. Yes, he's got a little bit of power, but I I prefer the back that's going to get from point A to point B quickly than somebody that's going to get there slowly and try to steamroll people. And that's the type of player I think Malcolm Brown is. Um, And and the bigger thing, too, is when I get down to it and and talk with Dolphins fans about Malcolm Brown is, well, we're going to draft a running back anyway. I agree. We're going to draft a running back anyway, and, and Miles Gaskin is going to be our second guy. So now we're talking about quality depth with a third running back now. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 fine. I'm just um, – Well, and Kat, let's change gears to something that I know we both liked and we didn't really touch on much last night. I really like the Jacoby Brissett signing. He's a guy that you and I both talked about as a possible target for the Dolphins to come in and be that backup to Tua here going into this season and they went out and they did it and it really also palatable terms it's Miami is basically saying you're going to come in at our price or you're not going to come here and we're going to find somebody that will well I'll tell you when you when you compare uh, Jacoby Brissett to uh the, the actually the guy that I suggested with uh, Andy Dalton Andy mm-hmm. Dalton got 10 million and Jacoby Brissett got five and I, the reason I I looked at Dalton over Brissett, and that's not because I preferred him, but I thought Brissett would get far more than Andy Dalton, and it was actually the opposite way around. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I think Brissett on face value is a bargain. I, I really do, but again, I take the totality of what the Dolphins have signed, and I would have preferred one or two players, especially when you've got these holes on the roster. I'm, I, I don't mean to keep going back to that, but that keeps going back to the heart of how I feel. And a lot of other Dolphins fans feel here in this situation. Yeah, and the good thing there too is is I think we've got Dolphins fans that are in, in all the different camps right now because there's a lot of Dolphin fans that are very happy that uh, Chris Greer didn't just go out and start you know basically treat free agency like he was on Oprah. Um, you get a car, you get a car, everybody gets a car. Like it, it's it's he's going out and he, he's he's hitting it up. He's not sacrificing the vision or the long-term future of the team for one or two guys. And I don't hate it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to get Samuel 
Uh, I really think he would have been great for this team. Uh, I would have loved to get Galladay, even though everyone's like, oh, you can't have Galladay and Devontae Parker in the same universe. You can. Just like you can have Pitts and Gesicki in the same universe. They can coexist on a football field, and you can dictate some matchups with with that scenario. Um, You know, it's... I, I think one or two of the guys that they've signed so far may not make the final roster, and I'm okay with that too. Um, but really, I think Miami's on a delayed free agency right now where they're waiting for guys to get cut, waiting for guys to get desperate and see who blinks first of the guys they like and think can come in and fit their system. And that's not a bad position to be in. And who would have thought two years ago we'd be able to sit here on day one of free agency and go, ah, I wish I got that guy. I wish they got this guy, but you know what? Their holes are pretty full. Yeah, I where I sit here today, and I, I kind of think of what the Dolphins' strategy might be long term is yeah, I think they're going to wait for players to get to get cut. I think they're gonna try to get really valuable type of deals. It wouldn't surprise me at this point, um, to if we get a few more days along, if Juju Smith Schuster takes kind of that same one-year, $8 million deal that um, Hassan Reddick signed today with the Panthers or Gerald Everett signed today with the Seahawks. You know, you're talking about two of the top players at, at their position who are younger, who are going to get, if they sign a one-year deal, they can hit free agency again next year and get another crack at the apple. I know a lot of people don't like Juju. I'm warm, warming up to it a little bit because I think you can have the contested catch guys with Gasicki and Devontae Parker, and then you can have Juju on the underneath routes. And then now you you really need to get that fourth guy who can go over the top. Uh, so I could see that making a lot of sense. But if they haven't really sniffed around Fuller or Juju, I, I don't know if they're ever going to come around to that. Yeah, and Finn's fans panel actually had had a really good point in the chat. It's there's a lot of teams that are drying up their salary cap right now, and, and don't we all know a team can create cap room at a moment's notice but I also look at if nothing else I want to go back on something I said earlier in the show if nothing else the Dolphins probably are a lot better today than they were when the season ended Uh, other than I'm not going to keep saying other than at the center position Um, and guys by the way keep keep hitting that like button make sure you guys are subscribed we're going to be here a lot now that the offseason is really getting into a full swing uh, but don't forget the Dolphins had one of the youngest rosters in the NFL last year. One of the most inexperienced, need-to-go-through-some-growing-pains type of rosters. And they didn't really lose any key guys from their young, inexperienced depth that are only going to get better with a full off season. They didn't have a full off season last year. It was a bunch of guys sitting in their house showing up in August going, uh, what now? I can't touch anybody. You know, and they're going to have a very, very good chance of, of getting that experience and getting that, that off-season work in, and now they know what's expected of them after they were able to finally get out there last year. And the way the off-season worked last year hurts a young team like the Dolphins a heck of a lot more than it hurts an experienced team. And so I, I really think that they're probably a lot better right now than they were at this time last year. Yeah, I 
I don't think they're worse. That, that's the biggest compliment I can I can give them. But hey, we're three days into free agency. I, I will say that. And if I had to guess, just looking at through the tea leaves of, of what the strategy might be here, I think the Dolphins have already decided that that first pick is going to be a receiver. That's not it's not groundbreaking a groundbreaking prediction here. Whether that's Pitts, whether that's Jamar Chase, whether that's Devontae Smith, whether that's even Jalen Waddle, I'm not saying they would take him at three. But I think ideally they want to slide back. They want to make that first pick a receiver. They want to get to 18 and say, you know what? We're taking the best running back on the board, probably going to be Najee Harris, and just be done with it. And say, you know what? At running back and wide receiver, those are, tend to be the more the easiest positions for a rookie to play. So if that's the strategy, that does make a lot of sense. I will say that. And then at the center spot, you know, we – Brian Flores dealt with uh, Quinn Miners all week. They're in mobile, saw him up close. He had the great workout. Creed Humphrey was also down in mobile, had the great workout too. Maybe they're thinking, hey, at 36, we're going to get one of those one of those centers. And now your top three picks are, say, Devontae Smith, um, Najee Harris, and Creed Humphrey. If that's their strategy, I, I think there would would have been more value to be had. Uh, in this off season, but at least that would make a little bit of sense. Yeah, I mean, if if they were to take and and I know folks hate this example, but I'm going to use it. If they were to take Pitts straight up at three, if they were to not move their draft picks around, right? Take a wide receiver, ed rush, edge rusher, depending on who falls, or or possibly a linebacker at 18. Um, go out later on in, in the early third round and take the best available between Creed Humphrey, uh, Quinn Miners, you name it. Uh, they're already in a good place. And then you've got guys like Jalen Darden that are going to be there in the fourth or fifth round. Guys like Nico Collins um, that can come in and be that wide receiver that's going to add value this season, not just in the future, but this season. And you're really able to get to a good place and get there quickly uh, with the draft picks they have, even if you whiff on a few spots. Even if you whiff, so long as you get a center that can contribute immediately, you can find guys that are going to contribute and make this roster even better, not just today, but three years from now. And honestly, center is kind of the least of my concerns right now. Uh, Maybe they get David Andrews, maybe they don't. Maybe they like Michael Dieter a little bit more. Um, than a lot of people think. Maybe they have all along. I don't know. I, I don't think so, but maybe they have. But to me, I, here's what's going to what, – what will make me irate, Paul, is if we're sitting here in two months and saying we had all these draft picks, we had the cap room, there, there, was, there were running backs out there in free agency, there was a lot of them out there, wide receiver, and now I'm looking at running back and receiver and I'm seeing a C-plus unit at wide receiver, I'm seeing a C-plus unit. Offensive line is okay. And I'm thinking – and I'll be thinking, we have the chance to really surround Tua here in the offseason and in the second and third year where that's where quarterbacks tend to take off. Um, so there is time, but I think they're going to have to go the rookie right now because they did not fill enough needs here in free agency so far. And I wouldn't be shocked if that's the plan. Um, it, it's – you know, unless the right player at the right price comes available, they view as an upgrade and doesn't age the roster greatly. Um, it, it's 
I and I know I'm in the minority here, but I don't hate the talent we have on the offensive line. It's and looking at it and looking at the development I expect from Kinley Jackson and Hunt. You know, if you slot Jesse at worst, if you slot Jesse Davis at right guard and you slot Solomon Kinley at left guard, the Dolphins' offensive line is better. And even with Eric Flowers in the lineup, it's not in a bad place. And the fact that they started three rookies and weren't as catastrophic as people tend to paint them to be, I expect those rookies to develop coming into year two. Yeah. Um, They're depending on those rookies to st- take a step up and that's quite possible because now they're going to get a whole off season and this whole team's going to get a whole off season too. Um, if, if we're going to get stuck with Jesse Davis, a right guard uh, or some of these other players uh, in, in certain spots that are not overwhelming, like, uh, you know, Bernardrick McKinney, for example, I mean, I mean McKinney's a good player, but he's also coming off an injury and, and I think he's kind of one dimensional. I think, I think he's going to take more of the Landon Roberts role. Um, I start to wonder where, where on paper is the, is the real upgrade? And I don't see one so far. Um, and, and I think when you look at kind of what the Dolphins have given up on the edge, they may have a, a little bit of a downgrade, but the work isn't done yet. We could be get, get a, you know, we could be here in a week and, you know, the Dolphins have pulled off some trades. They've gotten some good value at the bottom of the free agent market, like a Will Fuller and, and everything's a little bit different. So we're going to have to see about that. Um, uh, but that's that's kind of it's kind of kind of all I have for an hour for right now. Yeah, and 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 for me, like I said, it's I absolutely dis, was discuss the the position I was most disgusted with on this roster last year. It wasn't running back. It wasn't edge. Whether we had our starters or our depth in there, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't defensive tackle. It wasn't even punter, although I do think Pilardi was an upgrade overall from Hawk, uh, just because he's a lot more consistent. My disgust level in in every game was typically directed at some point during every single matchup, uh, and especially in the matchup against the Bills in Week 17, to the running mate on the inside next to Jerome Baker. And they went from a combination of Calvin Munson, Camus Grugier-Hill, and Landon Roberts to an all-pro in, 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 and that immediately upgrades it. They got Vince Beagle back, who we all expected big things from last year before he got hurt. And, you know, so having Beagle, Bernardrick McKinney, uh, Jerome Baker... And Andrew Van Ginkle, overall, and, and and Andrew Van Ginkle, you can you can look on paper and see he's an absolute upgrade over Kyle Van Noy on the field. Uh, Kyle Van Noy would be a hell of a linebacker coach. Uh, he he would get those guys running through a brick wall. But it, it's on paper that's much better than a combination of Kyle Van Noy, Jerome Baker, Shaq Lawson, and big gaping hole. Yeah, uh, I think they upgraded from Roberts to McKinney uh, for sure. And I think uh, McKinney's going to take some of Van Noy's role too. One player that is now getting back on my radar, and I'm not going to get into draft talk, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora now. 
Yeah. If you have a linebacker, M- McKinney, Jerome Baker, and him, and and uh, Uso Koromora uh, can also kind of double as that quasi nickelback too, and he can blitz a lot. He's st- he's somebody now with how the defense is looking that could intrigue me a lot more. So we'll talk about that a lot more in the upcoming weeks here, Paul. Any uh, final thoughts before we sign off? No, I'm very interested to see where this goes. Um, I know you and I, if, if anything big happens, are going to hop back on here this week. Uh, I think we're playing it by ear uh, as it stands right now. Uh, but, no, I mean, it, it's I, I'm in a better place today uh, than I was yesterday. I know you're in a better place today than you were yesterday. And, and, guys, make sure you guys are liking. Make sure you guys are subscribing. Make sure you go out and, and leave us a review on iTunes. I, I absolutely appreciate the ones we've been getting out there. It really helps us out a lot. And, and really, guy, fans, just, just stay the course. Trust the process. I know it's not the easiest right now because we all get excited at the, at the start of free agency. We, we've, we've got to treat this like it's the, the 12 days of Christmas, not the one, uh, and, or whichever holiday you celebrate. So. I'm sure in the next several weeks there will be happier days ahead for me. Um, the, and, I look, I, I know I'm complaining a lot here. Um, I feel like I'm treating the Dolphins like every other team in the league. And if if I weren't a Dolphins fan, this is how I would be viewing the team right now. Um, I, li- I, I mean, needless to say, I love the team. I support the team. But if I see something that I, I don't necessarily agree with, I'm going to say that. And yeah. we're going to say that on here. So mm-hmm. – that's so, but hey, we could be talking in a couple of days, and I think, wow, okay, I that that worked. I didn't see that coming. So we'll take a look at that. That's going to do it for our breakdown of day three of free agency tampering period and day one of regular free agent. Excuse me, day one of free agency tampering periods over. God, just just start it all at one time. Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And we are the official Dolphins podcast for the um, fan-sided network as well as finfanatic.com. If it's not on the right side, not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.